episode seven. We yeah. started out laughing, man. We are. We are here, man. Lucky number seven. This is uh, that's my favorite number on the show. Seven. I mean, born seventh month, whatever. But um, I got so many seven stories. My my license plate straight sevens. So many other seven moments, man. So. Was that on was that on purpose or was that on purpose? what? No, they give you a, a tag. That's no. random. Well, I'm, you know you can get your like. Yeah, um, no, I got I got no, I got to send in, oh, and yeah. I told mama I was going to change it to Georgia State. I was gonna change the Georgia State plates. Mm-hmm. I was like, Ma, if this license plate is not, if this license plate isn't special, I'm not, I'm changing it. I'm going for that extra $95. I opened it up, straight sevens. Oh, wow. And mommy was like, Boy, you got straight sevens? It's like, it's like I won the lottery, spiritually. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Crazy. So, welcome to Honesty on the Tape. Yes, sir. Why our mission is to cultivate a space where transparency and vulnerability Humble curiosity serve as our healthy roots for individual and collective progress. Episode seven, fellas. Fellas, self-awareness is key. Let's do this check-in. Let's get to it, man. How are y'all feeling? Y'all just go. It always be like that. It's always like, okay, is it, is it Mike speaking first or is it me? Marlo never speaks first. <laughs> yeah, let's go, let's go Marlo first, bro. Speak first. Yeah, you, you, you never do. You I do. Bro. How you doing, man? <laughs> talk, talk to us, man. How was your week, man? How's your mindset? Per usual. Our week was good. Chilling. I'm a little tired. Me and Mike was out at the, scup- uh, the cigar lounge last night. Which one you went to? We went to uh, bro, far the one in Forest Hill. Yeah, that was close to me. I thought that was close to me. Were you right? I I, I could have took I seventy eight. Yeah, right there. Right. I would have like seen. 10, 15 minutes, I would have seen. You y'all. said you was tired. Bro. I was tired, and the craziest thing, bro, I didn't go to sleep till about three. Mm. So I was <laughs> like that. It's always like that. I was like, I could have been, been there, bro. I could have yeah. been there, you know, trying to fake smoke the hookah with you. Yeah, yeah. You could have had a cigar or something. I don't know what you gonna do. But um, other than that, my week is good. I'm chilling. Yeah. No complaints, man. Hustling. Usual. Usual, the usual. Yeah, same here, same here. Nothing but good vibes, good energy this week. Uh, we on a, we on, we on, a, we on the move right now. Uh, I think the energy has been real, real high uh, going into this, this, uh, this quarter over here. So I'm excited about that. So, brother, yeah. uh, shit, my week has been, been I, right. you know, like the definition of I. You know what I'm saying like. I with that A or with yeah. that I with the I. Nah, I, I think I think it's more with the apostrophe. Ah, yeah, that's an I. You know, I had my good days. You know, I have I've actually been off all week. Thank God, I had to take a week off, bro. I needed just time myself, man. Bro, it's, it's important, bro. To like self, bro. Time to yourself is so important. You know, one thing I do, like every time I get paid, I can take myself out to dinner. Like take myself out to dinner. Mm. Go somewhere new by myself. Just for me to get my thoughts together, like to, mm. you know, it's a little cheaper too. Okay. <laughs> but, hey. but, um. Yeah, the movies for sure. Yeah, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I, I think wow. that's very important, but like, real talk, wow. everybody who's following, everybody who's listening, self care, do something for yourself. Mm. You, don't, you don't gotta be just taking yourself out, you know, go get that facial, girl. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Bros, go get them feet done, dog. Come on, man. Get them dogs tame. <laughs> nah, that's real. <laughs> Yo, man, I had a good week uh, myself. Um, yeah, man, you know, school, man, it's, it's a funny thing, man. It's so political. And I'm just trying to figure out who, who it is, uh, what kind of man I'm becoming as I'm stepping into this program because I'm still in my first year. So... 
you know, I really try to take it one day at a time. I really try to take it one day at a time, pace myself, really get down to make sure like my core, my integrity is like still intact. When you're being challenged by, you know, systems, concepts, theories, coming from people's mouths and shit like that, things you learn about your history, how things are going and functioning in this current society you live in, what part you play in that, what part you perpetuate the negative, what part you actually combat the negative in your own behavior, character, engagement in this life. Like thinking about that shit every single day is like, it can tear, it can wear on you, especially when you're being black, a man. We talked about this last episode. Like it weighs on you sometimes because you want to make the right decisions. You want to lead that legacy you always dreamed of, but it comes down to you having to be, have your head on a swivel and, and be adaptable. Learn when to give in, but not give up or or sacrifice yourself, your whole soul. Like, but just learning when to be a little more compromised with yourself and make those adjustments on the fly. Like, it's so much more than just going to school. It's so much more than just getting some books, man. Get, reading books and getting those letters behind your name. Like, you actually are investing a lot of yourself, a lot of your spirit, a lot of your energy. So, you know, this week was a good week because it's another week forward, another week closer to that second year. I know I'm rambling. Like you've been holding that in all semester. I felt, yeah, yeah, I felt like I you felt were thinking, that was like you're thinking about that shit. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Something real, coming man. Because I, I want, I want, I want to be great in this life, man. I want to be great. I know it. I know it. And I know the way in which I think, the way in which I talk, the way in which I practice, the way in which I train, the way in which I engage in my own form of self care. Like I really felt that when you said that. Like me being first generation, you know, nobody, nobody in my family went to college, whatever, like that, to graduate. So it, it was a lot on me. And so when I finished my last exam, I went to Landmark Diner, treated myself with some breakfast. I went to Landmark Diner on the corner, open 24 hours, and I treated myself to breakfast that morning when I knew I was, I was going to graduate. Two degrees, I was going to graduate. At NYU, like I remember when I was doing all-nighters, niggas was down there till two in the morning. It was 24 hours during finals. But I was there all morning. I was there from 6 p.m. to 5.45 a.m. working on two 20-page papers to finish a final that I knew was the last steps to to, conf- to confirm that I'm going to get my master's. And mm-hmm. I stepped outside. It was, it was a cool night. It was a cool morning. It was a cool morning. And I was the only one on the corner. And this is in Greenwich Village in New York. So it felt like I was stepping out of a, like a movie, like I was in a movie scene. And next thing you know, Starbucks opened. I saw the light flash open. Like, I'm about to go over there. I'm about to go over there and get myself. I don't eat Starbucks. I don't drink Starbucks for real. So I really had to figure out what the hell I'm going to eat. But I wanted to treat myself for me putting in those 13, 14 hours of cranking out two papers. I knew I should have prepped for weeks in advance, but you know how that go. So self-care is everything, man. For real. Take care of yourself. You love yourself. Please do God a favor and, and, and take care of yourself. That's the point, too. When you're in this life, you're not supposed to just do, produce, work. You're also to care. You're also there to care. And you're doing that for yourself first before you do anything else for anyone else. You have to check in with yourself. That's getting more connected to God. Why are you man? Like, for real. Oh, God, dude. Huh? I don't know what this man's talking about. <laughs> Holy shit. I mean, you 
Where's my? I mean, I was going in. Hey, what you meant that shit, bro? Yo, For real, because it's like, yo, God created you, man. Yeah, so when Ye be talking about, yo, I'm a God, it's like, I'm not, he said, what was the part of I am a God, even though I'm a man of God? Um, uh, something what, what was that line And I was like That's 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 what he was meaning When he said he's a God mm-hmm. He was saying That because God created me In his image mm-hmm. I am one I am one of God mm-hmm. We all say we are part of the flesh mm-hmm. right. So that's why Now what I love about it, Some black entertainers Like Jay-Z You know Con- Conway the Machine Like there's some rappers out there That have a conversation about A black man turning king And then from king to God so it's like when you find that's why I say it's the God in me. Like for real, you gotta check in with yourself. <laughs> yeah, I'm serious. <laughs> Those where the answers are. Those are where the answers are. So that's how my week was. It was another step forward. Like I'm figuring this shit out. I'm understanding and trusting myself and trusting my identity here. That like not many sociologists go on platforms like this right. regularly and get their shit off. They got to be all buttoned up and shit and white shoe law firms and shit like that. Mm-hmm. They can't really get their shit off. That's why they go to that's why they go to alcohol. That's why they delve in other vices to get their shit off because they can't get it off anywhere else. They feel like they got to be buttoned up and shit. And I'm stepping into something like that as an ivory tower, yo. Let's get it. Let's like get it. Let's that shit can break you down. That shit can break you down. Let's get it. Got me hype, bro. That shit can break you down, man. So fuck that, man. <laughs> Express yourself. Right. Yeah. That truth you you have is there for a reason. Don't play yourself. People out here confused because they questioning what's there for them. Because they want to look outside of themselves and question what's inside. Stop doing that. You'll save yourself some time. I'm sorry. Trials will triumph, yo. Let's break bread. Let's break bread. Let's break break bread. bread. I have one, bro. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> I try to give you one of the some beans, man. <laughs> I've never seen this man laugh. Oh, I've man. never seen this man laugh yeah. hard like this bruh. in my life. Bruh, I always do that when you go on your rest, bro. You on the phone, bro. <laughs> I always do that, bro. I've but never. I, I be feeling you, though, bro. I felt it too, bro. How you feeling, you? That's that's that, that's that's what's gonna make me powerful out here. I, don't, I haven't figured it out. I have not figured it out. I don't know how I'm gonna lead this mission. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if I'm gonna be like a Tony Robbins type. I don't know if I'm gonna be whoever. But I just feel like the energy I kick off yeah. with the sociological mind and just the thoroughness, bro, that this podcast has allowed me to to do. I appreciate y'all for that, man. For sure, bro. Because damn, yo, we we have no, barely any outlets to really get this shit off. So we ain't just another fucking podcast. That part. That part. So, oh, me being your best friend, bro. I know when you cook when you cooking up, bro. That's why I started laughing. I said, "Oh yeah, it's, it's, it's it right there." <laughs> I almost crossed my feet on you, bro. I was like, "Yep, uh huh, <laughs> yes sir." But um, let's break bread. So uh, we left off discussing uh, business credit and all that. Uh, I left you guys off with the uh, retail cards. Um. 
And next, uh, your next step would be basically the fleet cards. These are your um, commonly referred as fuel gas or business gas cards. It can help you control costs in ways other payments can't, ensuring that the money that you spent is only for fuel or company vehicles. So uh, local examples for here in Atlanta would be like a BP Shell, Quick Trip, Racetrack, Exxon, Bolero, you name it, bro. Sam's Club. Most places, if they got gas, they typically got a gas card. So that's going to be the tip for today. But you got like a Kroger got a gas card? I don't know if Kroger got a gas card. I mean, I definitely get it too, but like, do they have a gas car? I go to Sam's because it's cheapest. It's the cheapest on the block. BJ's. When you say thirty cents, how how much you pay for premium right now? That's a lot, bro. Per gallon, how much? How much? I did. I think like four something. Four. Four fifty. You at Kroger? Four fifty. Might got a BMW. Yeah. At Kroger, four fifty. Yeah. At Kroger, four fifty, right? I just did 407 premium. That. And you know I got the Audi. So yeah. premium at Sam's, 407. I mean, that's not bad. I didn't, it's always remember, like 40 the last Mike don't want to wait in that line. So he going to go. Get up early, man. Get up early. <laughs> <laughs> Yo. 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 Early to get gasoline. Do you want to save money? Bro, I'm getting a Tesla, bro. Do you? <laughs> I'm you giving that you wanna up, save money. Bro, if that, you want to save money, I'm just saying. I'm giving that gas shit up. You got to make certain sessions. So <laughs> you have a car. Like, what type of car? I have a BMW. Okay, BMW. You got an Audi. Okay, yeah. I have a Honda. So smart. that's what I'm like, I don't even. And, and I. You're smart, bro. Yeah. You're very smart, bro. Congratulations on that. Yeah, it's your BMW. Yeah, your BMW too, man. Yeah. Okay. I, I was like, I was talking about premium. I, I was looking at it. I was looking at it. I was confused. I was like, what is that? What? Yeah. Premium. <laughs> Tell me, 407 at Sam's. All right. You on the east side, let me know. <laughs> I'll be right. I'll be just like one of the niggas to be doing. I'll pull up right behind you, whatever. Let you swipe the card. you going about your business. Oh damn! Well, nigga, let me know. You have to Are you going over to Stone Mountain? I saw Stone Mountain. I bet. I bet. I go and swipe my Sam's card. You go in there, you save forty cent, man. Whatever we got to do to make sure we save money out here, just make it happen. Shit, man, ain't no. Good finance. Or get your money up, and no, ain't worry about. No, ain't worry about that shit. Oh yeah. Or just get your fuel card and swipe up. Swipe. Don't worry about that shit. Because you know it's, it's not even The fact that gas Is just high It's just when you need it You like damn mm-hmm. like, like I gotta spend I, You I got a budget You I got a budget, budget out. You got a budget against and that And it's just like Damn I need that shit though But a finesse though This is the I've been doing this shit For about three four years but a finesse You go to Quick Trip mm-hmm. Or like Racetrack mainly mm-hmm. You hit the uh, Enter and type in your zip code It's only gonna pin a dollar On your uh, On your car And you lock your car right no, I don't like the car. Oh, it only pay, it only pay the dollar on your card, and yeah. you can fill up your whole tank. Right. And then, like three, four days later, then they take the whole amount out. Mm-hmm. Finesse, mm-hmm. quick chip and racetrack. That's the only ones I know right now. What wait, said, 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 what, said, what happened? So, so you know how you go, you put in your card, beep, right? Then it'd be like uh, enter pin or press enter, and when you press enter. It's gonna ask you for your zip code, so you just type in your it's zip code. As credit. It's gonna run it as credit. So when it runs as when it runs as credit, it's only gonna charge you a dollar initially. Initially, and then I give you a two to three day span to actually either get the bread or 
spend mm-hmm. on something else, then you can, you know what I'm saying? It just give you more time to cycle back the bread in order to pay for the gas later on. Mm-hmm. But you can get that full tank for a dollar. And so if you know, and I know this because I'm military, we only get paid on the first 15. So sometimes that drag after the first of the month to the 15, I'm like, damn, bro, I need gas. It's the 12. I ain't gonna, I ain't gonna get that check until, uh, two days later. I ain't going in my savings. Credit. And that bitch come out. On time, every time, bro. When that check hit. Cause when we get paid for the military, we get paid like three, four o'clock in the morning. Cause I work nights, so I know. I get that alert. I'm like, boop. Cool. Then maybe that later on in the afternoon, like nine, between nine and twelve o'clock, then the gas come out. And I've been on the full tank for two, three days, bro. That's a that's a good joke. But yeah, yeah, that's the joke, though. That's the joke. And racetrack for legal purposes, we're gonna say that's something that we heard that goes down. We haven't particularly partaken in any of these practices. You say? I'm just it's just a loophole. They gonna get their money. They just buying you time. It's a loophole. Yeah, yeah, try that out. With the debit card. Yeah, any card. Yeah, yeah. But debit card is cool because it takes it out automatically. Yeah, if you do debit, yeah. But just when you use your debit card, just press enter or skip or whatever. Type in your zip code. Okay. And then boom. Yeah, when you say okay, that sounds like debit. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Type in your zip code. You pay them one dollar. Word. You got about two, three days. Figure it out. That's that health. Yeah. What you got, bro? <laughs> health. What time's coming up soon, bro? Summertime? Y'all ready? Miami? Cali? Anybody going? Y'all going to work on Freaky? This on summer? I don't know yet, bro. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm going to Jamaica. Jamaica. Yeah. That's Freaky. I'm okay. going to Jamaica school. Are you, are you sliding to, bro? Probably going somewhere with your lady friend. <laughs> that was pre-production, and we discussed that. See, I, every time, he killing you. He ain't doing no favors. No, 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 no. Why he was throwing you to the wolves, man? He was just throwing hey, you, bro. Hey, he's using you. His, his, his people, bro. They, bro, they know they play. This episode is seven, man. They know a lot of hey. lives about this point. Slow motion, slow motion, cruise control, man, cruise control. Man. Yeah. Trish Pinion, brother. Trish Pinion. Oh, I'm going to Florida at the top, top of the summer. I got some, I don't know if I have summer classes yet, so my summer's split in half. So I think um, towards the later end of the summer, I'm going, I'm definitely I'm thinking about going on like a family trip with my girl's family, whatever. Um, but the top of the, top of the summer, Florida, Fort Lauderdale. And then in August, Cancun. I've never been to Cancun. I've been you to a birthday trip, bro. Um, it's around that time. You know, with your girl. Yeah. Okay. Are you? Uh, We're doing something five thirty. What about carnival? Oh, We're doing something five thirty. About carnival, like. Carbon. What about carbon? Carbon. Yeah. Mm. You don't want vaccinated, bro. She did, huh? You don't want vaccinated. Unless Canada let down their mandates, bro. That shit did. Yeah, you gonna mess around? Be stuck there? Oh, yeah, I'm sorry, man. Yeah, man. Right, so what was the next part of hell? <laughs> yeah, we had this out. Yo, hell, I was saying that because summertime's coming up, right? We're trying to manage our weight, trying to get these bodies right. You know what I'm saying? I know I personally been in the gym. Mm-hmm. I mean, we did until Jalen. He's out here trying to show the guns out. Yeah, so, so I'm going to give you guys the best weight loss tips that you need to know. Manage your hunger, all right? It's very important, right? Watch what the fuck you eat. 
you know, don't eat nothing crazy, you know, just because you're hungry. Um, they say that high protein, high fiber meal plans are the best for controlling your hung hunger and appetite just because that's just going to, you know, have your body trying to eat off all that fucking food that you just ate. <laughs> Yo, you should Don't eat a carbohydrate unless it has fiber attached to it. Fiber, right? What's a what's a good source of fiber? I eat raisin bran. I know that's a raisin I know that's crunch. a old ass raisin bran crunch. Yes, yeah, excuse, excuse me, right? Raisin bran crunch. I don't have the patience with cereal anymore. The patience? What? No, you're talking about the time that it takes for the milk to it's get just, to. You know what's crazy? I make myself a, a sausage egg sandwich every day. Yeah. I, and that's more work than making cereal. Sausage and egg sandwich. Yes, with the with the um with English McMuffin, English muffin. You, you do, nigga. You doing all that? You say cereals with pork, nigga. The chicken sausage. Mm-hmm. Okay. Chicken sausage. Yeah, yeah. Um, sometimes turkey. Make sure it wasn't that swine. But look, 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 look. It's just like I don't. For some reason, it's like okay. Will cereal satisfy me like nutritiously? Yeah, yeah. Like no, no. It's just, it's just like okay. I'm eating carbohydrates and fiber, but it's like, where's the protein at? Where's the this? Where's that? You're getting that from milk, but that's if you you're drinking whole milk, and then you shouldn't be drinking that. So where are you getting your protein? Not from? necessarily true. Oat like, milk has good protein, pea protein, milk. Um, but to me, I feel like I like something warm too. So it's like I like something to fill me, but it be under like 300 calories. That's what it is. That's what the sandwich is. Like under 300 calories, it's filling, low sodium, like, and I get my proteins, and I'm good. But it seems like cereal is like, it's cool, but I feel like I'll be hungry like an hour later. Like it didn't do anything for me. It didn't fulfill me. So it's like, okay, it feels like more of a snack than an actual breakfast. That's why people always have orange juice and water next to it because they need something to fill them up because cereal just doesn't do enough. That's why I say cereal is just, mm, I have to be in the mood for it. Bro, whoever fucking drinks orange juice after they eat cereal. With toast and whatever like disgusting. that. No, but you see it. You see it like on, you is know that, what I'm saying? Movies and shows. Commercials and shit, yeah. Shows, yeah. It's always like some form of bread though. There's always something else it's that helps a filler. filler. It's a filler. But cereal right. just by itself is like, well, oh, well we ain't no cereal sponsors. Bro. Damn, Jalen. <laughs> <laughs> I want a bigger bowl. Man. Yeah, nigga. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta get that Friday bowl, bro. Like, get a bigger bowl, bro. You gotta get okay. the deep, the deep bowl, bro. Right. The bowl you can just hold like this, but you need the deep. You put it your fists in there, bitch. All right, you know? okay, cool. So, yes. That's a lot of, that's a lot of crunch and chunk. Going back exactly. to the fire, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. You'll get right. <laughs> and drink your milk, bro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, course, yeah. But that's why I said, like, I just have to be in the mood for it. So, okay, all right. But back to that fiber. <laughs> all right, fiber it helps improve uh, blood sugar control, helps lower your cholesterol, and reduces your risk of chronic diseases like diabetes, which is a very, 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 very big problem within our community. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I know. I mean, everybody got family members that have diabetes, and you know, we have to get out of that mindset that that shit is hereditary. Like that shit's all based upon what you eat and how you take care of your body. So, make sure you get that fiber so you can shit all of it up. All right? You got to shit them toxins out, bro. Gotta you know how many stools per day is recommended? Or is considered healthy I, just I, once I, or twice? I believe it's twice. Twice a day. I, I go two. I, I try to go like... I try, I try to go about three times a day. But I usually... I average two for sure. One in the morning for some every reason. Mm-hmm. And then, so should be like, I don't know what you know, I'm just You're burning calories and you're processing while you sleep. Yeah. Yeah. So when you get up in the morning and you have a fresh drink of water or your, you know, the toothpaste touches your tongue, it activates, you know, your hunger system, your digestive system. So that's when your body will really click. And next thing you know, you should be going 
either right then or before or yeah. 15, at least 15 minutes after. Right? But, you, but you know something odd that I just never understood? Two things. Nah, no, fuck that. Listen, this is some shit I got on my chest, sorry. <laughs> For real. We ain't even get to the main thing, yo. <laughs> what? Like, why is it that when you have to use the bathroom, right? Like, let's call it you got a piss, right? You holding that shit strong, bro. Like, you know, you about to get home, but as soon as, like, you hit your threshold of your door, or, like, you see the toilet, your body's like, fuck it, bro, I'm coming out. Like, do y'all never get that feeling, bro, where it's, like, uncontrollable at that point, where it's like, bro, I, I gotta, like, get my shit off It was me this morning. It like, was me this is morning. That, like, is that not crazy that the body does that? But, like, it'll be strong as fuck, but when it visually sees that toilet, it's like, nah, yeah, fuck you, bro. bro. Like, I'm letting this shit out. Like, yeah, at that point, you gotta squeeze yeah. the shit until you even get yeah. your hands out. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that's Why what was that on my mind? I don't know, guys. Where the guy the toilet seat is not up? Yo, bro. get in the toilet seat up. <laughs> <laughs> you yeah. get in the toilet seat up and you hold uh, your shit before you, because you don't want to get no, nothing. You, want, you don't want to have yo, no spill. You don't want to create a mess, yo. Yo, yo. It can happen as soon as two seconds. Anything could slip. It's over. Yeah, it's crazy, though. I, I think about it every day. And then, and then the last one, just, 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 just wrap the health tip up, I would say. Um... Another question. Maybe y'all can answer this for me. You know my scientific brother over here. Mm-hmm. Why is it that when you're in a dream and you that like piss in your dream, you know, like pissing on yourself? Andrew Huberman is a um, psychologist. Uh, he, he was on Rogan podcast where Rogan was canceled, semi-canceled, whatever. But he has a lot. He had a lot of insight on that. I think he's out of UCLA on um, sleep. Thinks Andrew Andrew Huberman. That's a whole universe in itself, though. Isn't that crazy? Like sleep, like the whole like yeah, like yo, look him up. Science he talks about that. He, he really does talk about that. <clears throat> how the subconscious and conscious mind, and how yeah. that just that that space, that meta space, because you're, you're you're thinking and processing at, in in real time. But you're just unconscious, but you're still conscious because you still feel what's happening outside. Like, I need the room to be silent. So when I'm hearing noises and stuff, it's like that plays a role in what's happening in my own mind as I'm unconscious. So like you said, you probably drunk some water, drunk whatever you're drinking in that cup right before you went to bed. Your body was already preparing to go to the bathroom. Mm-hmm. So when you're sleeping, you're conscious. You got all this thing happening. Next thing you know, you yeah. happen to slip into a dream. Everybody still wants to go that to has bathroom. something to do with you either being submerged in water or you are about to go to the bathroom. Yeah. And next thing you know, you have to be conscious enough to make that distinction. Like your body has to be mature enough. <laughs> that's how folks. That's how folks expect you to stop being in the bed by like ten at the latest, because your body should mature itself to this point to where when you're having a dream. You shouldn't go there. That's crazy, right? So you should, yeah. But it does, you do slip up sometimes because you feel it. You know, sometimes my body jumps before it happens. That was for the younger generation, not you know, mm-hmm. my age or anything like that. No, 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 no. But you made a good point. <laughs> no, you made a good it's point. Definitely, it's definitely normal to this age. And then what I do is that's why I always like most people say they can't really sleep with the TV on. Like you said, you need complete silence. But dark, I, I want black. the TV on. So it, when those moments happens, or even like. Like a, a out of body experience or anything like that, I can always hear the TV to really separate the reality from the dream. You get know what I'm saying? So once I hear the TV, usually 
I can get myself out the dream or if I got to pee, then I'm like, oh, shit, I got to pee for real. And then I'll jump up and just, you know, handle business. So, yeah, that's all. So that's my little keys. Two keys. I, I'm giving y'all some drip today. <laughs> oh, man. Hey, man, I, I appreciate that. Yeah. Honestly, man. I mean, I just, this is some shit that was bugging me about the body. I just had to get out real quick. So. Yeah, that's the part about being in tune. Yeah. You talk about you talk about being in tune all the time. That's yeah, that part. Yeah. That's the way, that's where that meditation comes in. That's when you're talking to yourself comes in. You being still, no distractions. You're making a connection with this vessel. Your, your spirit and your vessel are making a, a, are forming a bonding, a un, you know, an unbreakable bond. Mm-hmm. The spirit God gave you in this vessel that will deteriorate at some point. It, this body will fail you. So you better understand what it has to offer. Sure. You better figure out its limits, its potential. You know what I'm saying? Because folks, you know, are, are born out here with bodies that they can't control, and they have to make adjustments for that because their spirit wants to actually be free of some of the things this body's keeping them from. So what they do is they practice, they prep, they go to therapy, and they better themselves. We're doing that in our own daily lives. Mm-hmm. Yo, we haven't even touched the topic, yo. Let's man. Man, of course, man. I'm hungry. Let's go. I'm hungry too, bro. Let's get it, man. How about you, Cody? I haven't said much, man. Let's, let's eat, Cody. Cody you good? Just, um, uh, yeah. Cody, yeah. time to figure out what's going on. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's like, okay, we had our Chick-fil-A this morning. <laughs> All right, bet. Today's a little, this morning's a little unusual. Yeah, he, yeah, he, 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 he's like, soaking it in, bro. I'm just, I'm just, I'm soaking it in. Yo, yo, so, yeah, we're going to yeah. talk about the trials with triumph. And I, uh, I, I, I try to reach out to these fellas individually to get their take on what I'm thinking in real time about the podcast. And I try to share with everybody as fast as I can. But at first we called this Survivor's Remorse. Mm-hmm. And then I was just like, I was telling the fellas, I was like, yo, like, first off, when I hear Survivor's Remorse, I think a lot about like guilt coming from the crib, like folks feel like they made it and they left people behind, something like that. I don't know. I wasn't. I wasn't quite like sure on it. I heard about the show Survivor's Remorse, you know what I'm saying, on Stars, whatever, but I had to look it up. And then Survivor's Remorse develops in people who have survived a life-threatening traumatic situation. Survivors feel guilty for surviving while others have perished. And namely, the example they will bring up is a war veteran um, who survived, you know, any kind of attack from, you know, opposition, whatever like that. And then they come back home. And they missed, they lost some loved ones, you know what I'm saying? Shout out to the veterans, you know what I'm saying? The lost veterans, their families, and the current veterans. Shout out to y'all. Stand sitting next to me, man, you know what I'm saying? Mike and Marlo. I love the veteran room. So it's like, <laughs> so, so I was like, Survivor's Remorse? Like, are they do, like, is that, does that really apply to us? Can we really delve deep into Survivor's Remorse? Right, yeah. Like, are we being authentic to the, to the term, to the definition? I wanted to be authentic in that. And I was like, eh, I don't really think so. So I started looking some stuff up. What is this feeling we do feel, though, whenever we are successful and whenever we do feel like we may get out of some form of traumatic situation? Now, for us as being black, you know, young black men, we majority grow up in low income, working class families. We're breaking. We're burning that bridge. We're definitely burning that bridge, especially between the millennial generation and Gen X, where there's a, a, a uprising of middle class black folk. And there's not many upper cl- uh, underclass working class. Um, there's a lot in the unemployment who happen to be coming from a low income you know what I'm saying? Low paying job, whatever like mm-hmm. that. But we're making some strides in that area of whatever middle class it is. You know, that term middle class still hasn't really been defined or statistically proven and aligned to the definition. So when people talk about the middle class, they always have question marks. They have, you know what I'm saying? Quotations around it. 
Because is there any real middle class or is it just, a, you know, super elite upper class? And then there's the bottom half splitting the la- last 20 percent of the pie. So anyway. I was thinking about success guilt and it's similar to survivor's remorse because it reverts to the belief that faith has treated you better than others in life or that your favorable treatment was at someone else's expense. So if we all came from a title one school, we came from our high school, Clayton County, like, you know, and they all, they lost its accreditation at one point. So they really was on the rocks. It was on the skids, yo. And many of us came from, you know, working class, lower middle class families, you know, ma- you know, majority black. And though it was diverse, you know what I'm saying? We had a good Latino population, um, Asian population, you know what I'm saying? We had very like low percentage, under five percent of white. But you know, when they, when they saw them, you know, I, I didn't hear them being, you know, you know, feeling like they were like uh, out, you know, not a part of the community. Right. So, but all of us come from low paying, low, you know, lower class, working class, lower middle class. So when when we make it, when we when we go to when we actually go to college, we get those scholarships. It looks like a success. It looks like a win for the community. And. Some of us, many of us are first generation. So our parents never went to college, you know, never completed it. So we really are leading this path. And so with that, you want everybody to sort of come with you, especially the friends that you had grew accustomed to when you was in school. It's natural. This is your community. And everybody had held up that college was the option. Well, that was the route to go in order for you to be successful. It's been instilled in black thought and black culture for decades. Go to school to better yourself. So then, so then we went on to graduate high school and go on to college. We really was trying to be on the success track and people went through a thing called life after graduation. People have died. Those that were in our class or those who were in our class, but after we graduated, like folks who had children, you know, whether it was in their control or not. People had got married. People had dropped out of college. Like we started to lose contact with these people as we continue to ascend in this this building that's supposed to guide us to success. But we also want everybody to eat too. We still have compassion for everybody else too. So I thought about success guilt. And the last part, last term was the black tax. So now that you're successful, you have this extra money, this time and resources that was ever afforded to you or members in your community. So what you do to that community that you love so much is you give your time, your money and your resources to your friends, your family and your extended family. That's the black tax, which is another thing that is crippling the emerging, you know, first generation wealth, wealth of students and people in the population mm-hmm. because if they know they're on that success track and they're actually meeting these milestones you know it too mom dad cousin friends everybody see what's happening you're succeeding in real time with witnesses and they love you and they care for you and they help nurture you and you did the same for them so you give your time your money your resources if you can to help them empower themselves so they can become successful but it comes at a cost Literally, the black tax is keeping many of us from actually achieving wealth. Because so many of us do not have it, we give it to those without. And usually it's people who's in our own community, family, usually. So we're going to talk about the trials with triumph, whether it be survivor's remorse, success guilt, and the black tax. Mm -hmm. So fellas, 
Let's get it. Prior to this discussion, what was your knowledge of these terms? And I'm going to have to continue to repeat it because it is a lot of terms, right? The black tax, success guilt, and survivor's remorse. Before we have this conversation, like, what was your thought about it? Like, how did it, how did you encounter it? Have you ever heard of this, these terms applied, things of that nature? Like, how did you learn of, like, these concepts that are, like, more psychological than anything? Um, how did y'all hear about, hear about this? Um, well, I knew about survivor remorse because I'm a veteran, of course. So that, that always was something throughout our whole process of basic to everybody war stories and deployments and stuff like that. So we always heard about survivor remorse, which most times equal PTSD for most veterans. Um, I didn't know the, the true term of black tax, but I knew in the sense of the meaning, the meaning of it. You know what I'm saying? So I knew what it was, the mindset, the giving to the family, but I couldn't, I didn't have a word for it. You know what I'm saying? Um, and I would say success guilt is something that I'm pretty sure we all felt in some shape or form naturally as we, like you said, started from the, the low income and we're building our way up the success ladder. And you got your friends that you might have left behind and everybody got their separate paths, but through any, um, any conditions or environments that you went through, you we always seems to, uh, succeed and keep going up. And most people get stopped. Like you said, baby, uh, pass away or, you know, just hit different, different roads and triumphs in their life. So I knew about success gift, but black tax, I just didn't, couldn't put a word on the explanation. Yeah, I think for me, I've always I've always internalized uh, those terms before I knew what the terms were. Mm. I think that I've I've always felt as if I've been experiencing some form of post traumatic success disorder, uh, where it's as if my success is, is owed to the people. And what I mean by that is, like every time I accomplish something, you know, I intimately feel tied to having to almost divest myself of like, you know, my time, my energy, my resources to see somebody else be put in the same position or in, in a, in a like, like position like I am. And I can overexert, overextend myself because I want so bad for the other person to be successful. Bless you. Bless you. Bless Bless you. And, and I think that that's something that I've always, I've always I've always wrestled with trying to reconcile what is enough or if what I'm doing is enough to help this person or do they see how much I'm willing to sacrifice of myself to see them win. And it's, I think I've been that way because that's always what I wanted. I've always, Hmm. I I, I used to always say, you know, I, I wanted to go to a private school. You know, I wanted to be afforded the opportunity to, to really be challenged, you know, amongst my peers and, uh, to have the opportunity to have my education paid for and to not have to take out student loans and the like. And it was only once I started working at the firm when I was in Silicon Valley and I'm talking to my colleagues and I'm seeing that, you know, for us, when we're, when we're thinking about success, we're thinking about graduating. And for them, when they're thinking about success and they've made it, you know, they're not, they're not looking at, oh, I got to go make sure my mama's straight. They're looking at, I just got to make myself straight because mom's already straight. So it's like, it's like a, it's like a different reality 
that's that's happening at the same time. That's why the second generation. That's why, that's yeah. why the second generation kids tend to do better because they have they already have the foundation. They yeah. already have the financial foundation. You already have the spiritual, mental foundation to where they really all they have to do is focus on themselves. That's why those kids always tend to be classified as spoiled or entitled because they 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 have all this time to themselves. Right. They don't have to think about what mom and dad are struggling right. with or doing. They know that everything's fine. So they can live their life. That's why they tend to be a little more self-absorbed because they left to themselves a little bit more. Right. They hang out with their friends more. They do. They take more risk because they know they have right. a net to fall on. That's what I learned from the Steve Harvey interview. Right. That's what he said. It's hard for them to try to figure out what their own kids. It's like, yo, like, how do I handle like preparing you, but also not spoon feeding you? But like you said, you said, it's a different mindset compared to you being the one having to fend for yourself and be successful and also take care of the ones who are also struggling and trying to figure out for themselves too. Like that's a, it's, it's a tough game to play. Indeed. Like you speaking, man. Yeah, man. That's I'm, real. Yeah. And so, I mean, when I, so when I think about the black tax concept, number one, I think it is important to an extent to where we as a collective group of people have to be willing to contribute and give back to those that have the mindset like us that want to be better. And then I also think about the fact that so often we give so much back of ourselves to where, to be honest, sometimes you can get shitted on in the process, mm-hmm. right? Like you, you, you give us like you, you give, it's been situations where, you know, I've given money, you know, I've, I've given so much of my time, I've given so much of my energy and it's, it's not that I want to reciprocate it, but it's like, okay, are you, is the, is the person that I'm investing in or the group that I'm invested in or the collective that I'm invested in, they're going to continue on going back to the legacy concept. And what I've realized going back to the self-absorbed is like, you'll notice that their mindset isn't even the same. So how is it that we're going to continue to be productive collectively as a people when everybody starts to get to a place where it's just, they're just looking out for themselves with no regard for the people that came before or after them. And I, and I still to this day, I remember having conversations with my grandmother and my grandfather, and I would tell my grandmother all the time before she passed, I was like, I'm gonna take care of you. I'm gonna take care of you. And like oh, she Do you ever like you yeah. like you're racing against time? I, I did. Yes. We're gonna yes. get to that. That's a question yeah. I got. Yeah. That's, That's a question I definitely have when we break down success. Yeah, for sure. Do you feel like like you're racing against like yo, we gotta let Mike go? You know, but it's like I'm just saying, like, yo, like, yo, we all three of us going, yo, I'm straight. Yo. But I think about that. That's why I'm so hyped for these. This episode and legacy is gonna be crazy. This, yeah, episode, yeah. Already, this episode already feels crazy in and of itself because yeah. we're getting at something here. We're actually decoding something that is elusive as hell of a of a, of a villain out here that's lurking within the black community because we are black here, so we're identifying within our space. Right. But this is that it's that cruel, evil, spiritual villain that's just lurking in the space. You know what I'm saying? We say it's the man. We say it's the, the system. Right. It's parts of it. The historical landscape right, right. is there. Yes. Right. The foundational, yes. But that's real, what you just said. Yeah. I mean, part of me sometimes feel like I wasn't, or that I haven't become successful fast enough. Oh, man. You know what I'm saying? And it's like, and so, like, when I, when I was like thinking about, thinking about my grandma, you know, real talk. and, it was you know, before my, before, it, it is, it's kind of crazy because before my grandmother passed, you know, she was like, baby, I'm getting tired. And I could see it, yeah. right? Like, I could see it. Like, before I went to California, like, I could see her being tired, right? And I remember I was like, something is telling me I need to go ahead and just 
deal with her funeral arrangements, her life insurance. Like, mm-hmm. I can't, I, I cannot explain it, but literally, like, I made it my priority within that week before I left for Cali to deal with all her stuff. And a couple months later, she transitioned mm-hmm. and everything was already in place. Mm-hmm. But I don't know what that, I don't know what that was that was telling me to do that. Cause everybody was like, you know what I mean? Like, why are you worried about this right now? Like, grandma's gonna be around, granddad's gonna be around. And in less than a year, both of them transitioned. Mm-hmm. And so I felt like I wasn't successful enough to sustain the medical and the other things. And, and both my dad and I, we both dealt with this because they were both living with my dad. My dad was taking care of them and I was helping out where I, where I could. And we both felt like we're not doing enough, even though we're doing as much as we can. So even when you talk about like the success is like, okay, we're considered successful because we're making some money now. We graduated now, but the success is still not enough. And I'm racing against time. And then I'm looking at myself like, damn, am I enough? Was I supposed to, was I supposed to become, you know, more at an earlier point? And so then now my grandma is no, she's no longer here. And I'm sitting here and I'm just like, damn, I said I was going to take care of you. And I feel like I ain't get, you know what I mean? So it's like, you know what I'm saying? I feel like I didn't get so a chance. At, to get some to some so is, at some point in this episode, I'm going to cry, yo. Yeah. So like, like, I'm dead ass, yo. So like, I'm serious, yo, because that's, that's real, man. I think about that all the time. Right. So like, <laughs> <laughs> Am I crazy for saying that though? <laughs> no, no, like back, so back to your, your your explanation, right? And you saying you was feeling like you, your dad was basically grinding it out to handle the business, and then you stated it wasn't enough, right? So what do you mean by it wasn't enough? Because I feel like the yeah. it's just like, like it's cool, like it's your grandma, everything like that. But within preparation, I feel like within the process, we always kind of fall short due to the lack of knowledge. Yeah. So technically speaking, like prior to you, your dad should already had that done way before. You know what I'm saying? And then he could have personally already allotted like a like a life insurance amount to really cover mom and dad. But due to the short time and just like. So I'm, I'm pretty sure he didn't really start hopping on the ball until you added pressure to the, the situation. Mm-hmm. You have like your epiphany or whatnot. Well, it was it was a complicated situation because it's like my grandfather. So a uh, quick, quick, quick brief history. So my so my my side of the family comes from Albany, Georgia. Uh, we we actually we my grandfather my great grandfather built the first house um, in the in the late uh, early 1900s and brick masons. So like a family of brick masons. And so my grandfather used to always work, right? Like he, he is, he is the pinnacle of what I look at as success for a man in terms of all his kids came from one woman. He was married. He was, he was committed to getting up at five, four in the morning, going to construction sites. I never heard him complain one time. Not one time. Oh, I'm having a bad day. Oh, I'm tired. Oh, I'm raining. Oh, it's cold. Every single day I would see my grandfather get up and then I saw the same thing with my father. Never heard them complain. Not one time. So that's why I got adopted the same mindset. Right. So it's the way that the situation happened is like all of a sudden the body breaks down. Mm-hmm. Right. So like my grandfather has been working because it, it killed him when he couldn't work because that was his way of 
producing, going back to the manhood, the fatherhood concept. He was able to take care of the household. But then at some point, you know, you become, you know, almost 70 years old. The body, you're not able to do the same things like how you used to do. Here come three strokes back to back, back to back, back to back. So now you have three strokes. You, 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 you can barely move. You can barely move around. So then now here comes the added financial pressure that my dad has to come and take care of the whole entire household now. He's ready for it. He's been prepared for it. Like, because my dad, he kind of, he's seeing this already. Cause he's like, he's seeing that my grandfather's, you, you kind of see it when your father is like that transition, right? Like he kind of started moving a little bit slower and he, but the father, you know, it's, it, you know, we still got that pride. We still trying to do as much as we can on our own. Right. And so then all of a sudden, you know, now my father has to step in, take care of the household, move them in, move them and, you know, take care of the bills. So, there was some things that were in place, but then it was like, okay, what about these other things if they do transition, you know? And like I said, I didn't really know, you know, I don't really know much. I'm, you know, I'm young. I'm not really thinking about this, you know, but in the same vein, it's like I'm looking at them and you can see them fading. Mm-hmm. And I think that that was the hardest thing for me because I could see them fading, but I felt like I could save Fair. them a little bit longer oh, yes. if I would have had more money. Exactly. If I could have paid for better doctors, or if you just if, had like, like some more, insight. yeah, like if or like, you had more insight. If I if I if I would have had some more insight, maybe I maybe the knowledge. Maybe it was knowledge. maybe it was something that I could have did to keep my grandmother here right. a little bit longer. And it's like they looking at me, they like, oh, you know, we so happy, you know, you going to Howard, and you know, you get you getting your law, da da da. And I'm looking at them, and I'm like, damn, I still can't help. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like it's like I'm looking at them, and I'm like. Okay, I got this information, but it's like it's not the information that I need right now to help me help you. You know what and I'm that, saying? And that's what's crazy. As soon as they transition, within the next six months, you found all the information you need to find out. Yes. Same thing happened to my grandparents, bro. What? Yeah. Same exact thing, bro. You said so. It's like so. It's like okay, we took care. We took care of what you know, paperwork, this, then the third. But it's like once everything happened, it was like you found yourself coming into contact with like the information. information. Like like it's just it's just like it's kind of weird how it works where you can you can be prepping for something and then it's like if something else happens and then you start trying and like the situation passes and then now it becomes like a regular occurrence mm. of you encountering right. what it, and, and it, I don't know what I don't know what that is that I think yeah. that's like this shit happened to me yeah sure. so yeah so the answer so to answer your question it was like pops was literally taking care of everybody you know what I'm saying? Like he goes from having to just worry about, you know, like him, you know, my little brother, you know, Malik. And then now it's like, OK, I got I got you. I got grandma. I got granddad. I got my sisters. So that's you know what I'm saying? That's a lot. But, he, but not once did I ever hear my father complain. Not one. Now, not, you know what I'm saying? Not, not once did I ever see my father say, damn, man, I'm tired of this. Man, I got to take care of this, this, this and this. I've never seen it. So that's why when I be looking at myself as a measure of man, you know, getting into like survivor's remorse, I be like, bro, I can't complain. I can't complain. Like no, like no matter, like no matter what the situation is, like oh, I get behind on rent, oh, I gotta come up with you know such such for the retail store. Like I be looking, I'm like, yo, I can't complain. I gotta figure it out because I because I saw my father, I saw my grandfather literally not complain not one time, and I know that they, I know it was like. I I know that they felt like, damn, I, I ain't got nobody I can call when I'm short on something. Right. But when I'm showing them something, I can call pops right. like that. And that that right there kind of stuck with me. And that's where, like I said, I still be feeling that guilt sometimes where it's like I felt like I wasn't I wasn't in position. 
And that's why I be trying to, I be pushing so hard because I was like, damn, like I, I wish I, I wish I could have been in position so I could have. Could have saved the day, bro. You know what I'm saying? So yeah, bro. Let's go. Let's 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 transition. What's this? Yeah, what's this? Mike, what, what's your thoughts? You didn't say, bro. Listen, I don't need to say anything, bro. All that was amazing. I, I was uh, I was listening. Yeah. So I said next question, man. I, I loved it, bro. That's some real shit. Well, we are answering one and two, bro. Yeah, it's it's good for for sure. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Have you ever? Or you still feel like you're paying the black tax? Like now we're having a conversation about the black tax. Forty, you was getting in it. That's why I was feeling like we sort of kind of covered the first three. Mm-hmm. Cause you talk, cause you're talking about. That's how I'm saying how success guilt bleeds into black tax because you feel like you're racing against time. You give more of your time, you give more of your resources, you give more of your money as a stopgap until you have, until you hit, until you finally hit, and whatever you was banking on, and whatever industry and career piece. You're still using, supplementing some of that extra time you have to spare to your family, to your friends, to your close ones. So in a sense, you're still paying the black tax, but I guess you, you talked about, you talked about how you first encountered the black tax, essentially. Mm-hmm. Now, so like, how are you managing it now? Like, you know, you're paying it, you know, still. Yeah. So how are you managing? That's for everybody to share, like, you know, what's your black tax account looking like? I mean, I feel like <laughs> when it comes to the black tax, I don't know, y'all. I feel like I don't, I don't mind that. Like, I, that should be what you should want to do. Like, if, if we're talking about the definition, right? The extra money, time, and resources that black professionals are expected to give to support their less fortunate family and extended families. Yeah, nigga, you made it. Mm-hmm. Hell, nigga. Like, I'm just saying, like, for real. Like, but you see what you see how but, it can but, be trouble. But, but, no, no, no. But I see the the issue is not necessarily like to me the black tax. The issue is the plan. The, 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 the plan, the self, the self love we was talking about. Like before in pre production, don't know why we didn't take the shit. <laughs> we were talking about giving out money. Like don't like don't give out you know money that you don't expect back. Right. Right. I don't know, bro. I just I just kind of feel like you just gotta you just gotta be better prepared. Like when it comes to that, like yo, yes, you you can't overextend yourself. Like don't don't like if you don't if you don't have it, don't give it. I understand that you know that's the person that you love, you care about, whatever, yeah. bro. Like take care of take care of yourself first, because once you take care of yourself first, financially, emotionally, spiritually, right? Then you're able to help other people. So it's like always make sure you're like I just feel like it's a mindset thing when it comes to the black tax things. Just like yeah, like you supposed to give back, like you supposed to put people on, like. It, it, yeah, you just gotta do. You just gotta move more methodical. You know, yeah. a lot smarter. It's more, it's more like a, a business model. Yeah, it's just it's, you know, like like we were talking about people. You know, paying paying for your family's expenses, right? The athletes they gotta pay for all their family to live and all this stuff. Yeah. Do it smart. Make sure you can write stuff off. Make sure you can. Benefit you know, make sure it, it it benefits you as well. Right. Like I ain't saying you trying to like leech. You know, like do something crazy, but like hey, like. I'm helping you, bro, but help me too. Like, for sure. I got an apartment complex. Y'all can live in there for half the rent. All right. Okay, cool. I'm helping you, but I'm also making sure I'm taking care of myself. Like, just just move smarter when it comes to that. But, like, I mean, shit, I'm proud of that shit, bro. Like, I, you know, I mean, shit, you, you got a mentee. You know what I'm saying? Like, you, you, I feel like you living up to that. You know, you giving back, right? Like, you right. know, you, all the knowledge that you learned, everything, sure. all the mistakes that you made, stuff like that. I feel like black tax is a good thing, but we just got to move smarter. Mm-hmm. That's all. Sure. So do you think that if 
you're giving something when you don't have it, right? Or you're giving something, you have it, but you're likely need it back. We, we kind of touched right. on this a little bit. Does that mean that you may not really love yourself? Because it's like, because we talk about, everybody talks about the concept of self-love and, and self-preservation. We talked about that, right? Self-preservation, you know, number one, number one rule of the land. And, and I get that. But it's like, when you when you see somebody else need it and you see that they need it, it's like, you need it too. Okay. And then you get, you give that to them, right? Is that, does that mean that you're dealing with potentially a situation where you may not love yourself as much? I don't think so. I think, I mean, I just think that's just an emotional thing. Like, mm-hmm. you know, like you love, like love, bro. Like, you know, the shit it makes, you know what love makes people mm-hmm. do, bro. Whether that's love for a friend, family member, significant other, um, lady friends. <laughs> um, I just feel like, I don't know, I just feel like, I don't, I don't feel like you love yourself less. I just feel like you just have to be mentally strong to be cool with the shit not working out. Mm. I mean, honestly, that's really, that's really what it is. But why take the risk? You you take risks every day, bro. Life life but is a that's risk. That's a controllable risk, bro. When you when you so is that it's controllable to what? What are we talking about? I'm not giving you the brain. You, no, you can limit yourself. Like you you still add limitations. You know what I'm saying? Like that's still loving yeah, yourself. Yeah, I'm not saying like the black tax is a risk. I'm just talking about the specific example when he said if you need it. What was your oh, you like, yeah, like, like, like basically so, like we're do it three days. Yeah. If you give it to me in two days, I'll be straight. Right. Okay, so in that you just right, have right. to bro, like you got you, you take risks, bro. So what would you do? Okay, you what him, would you, would you, would do? you give him the, the him or her the fourteen hundred dollars knowing that your rent is due when's your rent due? It was like let's say mm, let's say the first. Let's say the first. Yeah, yeah. Rent due in four to five days, bro. And you get let's say let's say you get somebody like let's say fifteen hundred dollars. I mean, I would tell you like straight up, bro, like if y'all asked me for fifteen hundred dollars, bro. Y'all tell y'all to give it back to me in two days. I'll give y'all fifteen hundred. And rent is due. Yes. And that's and you only got sixteen for the rent. And that's, that's all you got. But that's that's me, my calculated risk of trust that I have in y'all. So I'm gonna put that out there on the line. So it will hopefully it's gonna pay off. You know what I'm saying? That's what I'm expecting to. But I have to be comfortable with it. Not like even though I might need it. That's just gonna be something that I'm gonna have to take that L on. Like, right, you right, know, right. everybody, bro, we all take calculated L's, bro. Like, mm-hmm. where's the guy, right, bro? Like, calculated L's. No, that was, I like that. Calculated, calculated L's, bro. Like, calculated like you L's. know, like, okay, hmm. If I don't answer, some, you know, my girl's call, but I'm doing something, you know what I'm saying? Like, no, that's true. You know, that's like, true. That's true. It's like, that's like is, is it, is it, all right, she's gonna be mad, but she'll get over it type shit. Like, that's, that's calculated true. L. That's true. That's true. <laughs> that, that was good. That was good. That was good. This by example, though, but I, like I said, I, that I, that bro. I, I mean, well, I'm not saying I'm not, it's, it's just it's, it's all about being comfortable. With that. <laughs> one time. I said it one time in pre-production. No, <laughs> yeah. no. stop playing with yourself. <laughs> You're playing with your own emotions and energy. Yeah, it's not. You wasting energy. I told well, you. But 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 it's but it's saying like it's, it's just to me it's not even like a wasting. Why haven't you flipped the question and say how soon do you need it? What's me? Why don't you take care of yourself first and see how fast you can recoup that and see in the and meantime, you can give it. and then you can give it I, when you straight. Like, well, I'm not. This is what I'm saying. Like, if they still need it, but it has. You have to protect self first. That's what I'm saying. You do. 
But sometimes you gotta, you gotta, you gotta so get when you, so, so when, you, when you have a family, are you saying that you still have to protect self first? Like this is what I'm getting at, yeah. right? Because we because yes. we go back to fatherhood and manhood, right? You're a father now, right? Is it still protect? For, is it still like what is it about you that comes first still? Right, like, what is it? Like, do you mentally, see? bro? Like, I mean, you make time for yourself. Like, right, like, even in a partnership. Like, you know, obviously, I'm married. Yeah, right. Like, I have to know. Like, you know, I gotta look out for me. Like, because if I look out for me on a lot of things, it's gonna make us better. You get what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And when I say that, I'm not trying to say it in the selfish standpoint where, like, you know, I'm I'm not gonna ever give her no my time. Like, bro, she would, you know, wouldn't be married long. You feel me? But <laughs> right, right. I'm saying, like, you got to make sure, like, you put yourself first in the sense of, like, okay, like, damn, like, easy shit. Like, do I really want to do this or am I just saying yes because she wants me to do it? Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I don't know if you ever, I don't know if you ever ran into a situation like that where it's like, and, yeah, it's normal shit. Where it's yeah. like, damn. And then when you finally speak up or say no, you know, like, yeah, like, whole yeah. shit is it, like, it's like, damn, we felt like this the whole time. It's like, yeah, I did, but you know, because you're my girl or whatever, like, I, no, like, but but yeah, again, I stopped that shit too. But because but because <laughs> you conserved your energy, when you say no and you get backlash, you have enough energy in the tank to withhold withstand that. Mm-hmm. But you keep saying yes, you're giving away a lot of energy because you're giving away anxiety attached to something as, as close to I got rent due in three days. I hope they come through. For sure. Which which goes back to the cac like when we were talking about the black tax. Like you got to be smart with that shit. Like, like black tax. At, at the end of the day, yeah, nigga, that's not a smart I mean, risk. Like we talking about Ant- we talking, talking about Antoine Walker, right? You know what I'm saying? Very successful, and we a lot of successful entertainers, and they want everybody to come with them, right? So we looking at a black tax. He's like, I want my, I want everybody to win, right? Like, I want the whole family to win. Build your house up, build your house up. Get this, you get this, you get that. And it's like, at what point are we putting the cap and saying, all right? And that's why I think I like, I like, I agree with what everybody is saying because it's like, at some point, you got to be like, nah, man, come on. And you got to be comfortable cutting people off too, bro. Like, <sighs> no cap. Like, you got to be comfortable with that. Like, hey, like, that's true. Like, nah, like I'm not. You, you're, you're mad at me because you know, like you said, like you're upset with me because I can't get you no bread, bro. Like, now, what was it? I think it was a, a it was a clip that I, I saw of a, a meat meat meal. He was talking about like one of his one of his friends got mad when he when he didn't let them drive the car, and he was like, yeah. I, don't, I don't remember exactly what yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was like, he was like, you. He was like, he was like, yeah, you you want to drive a, a forty fifty thousand dollar vehicle and you ain't even got eight thousand. Like he was like, it just yeah. you know, it just it just he was like, you ain't got it. Was he was taking. He was calculating his risk. Like, yeah. damn, I let bro. I let bro borrow a car. car. Yeah. He not going to even pay the he won't, he won't even be able to pay the deductible. You know what, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Like, like, the Phantom that. truck is different. Yeah. The Phantom truck is different. Yeah. yeah. So, there's some rods out there that are half a mil, quarter mil. Yeah. yeah. Some of these guys are leasing it. They, not, they don't own it outright. Nice. So, it's like you taking risk against that. The yeah. liability insurance, stuff like that. Just because you want to ride around the corner. Right. And be mad. You're gonna be Tokyo man. Drift on in traffic. Right. What sense does that make? Take your ass to the good part. Alright, yo, so yo. Um we all got the yeah, we we all got uh, the questions in our hands right now. Oh, and Mike just said the hot question really does go crazy because it's that whole point about success guilt. Mm-hmm. It's like do you feel like your survival is contingent upon your success? Mm. Like, if I don't find my purpose, if I don't start making shit shake and connecting some dots, I'm a lame duck out here. I'm a black man. 
So I'm a lame duck out here. I am a potential victim of the streets. I'm a potential predator of the streets. I have to cut corners. I may have to tell a few more lies than I wanted to. I may have to make a lot more sacrifices if I do not figure it out. I'm going to really put myself at risk. So I need to start making some good decisions, consistent decisions, not waste my energy and become successful and be legitimate. Go legit. Even even dope boys say eventually they need to go legit. Be legal. Everybody's trying to do that. They're trying to create sustainable generational wealth. So when you don't succeed, you feel like, damn, when you take that L, you feel like, damn, like, am I getting closer to my immortality in some way? And you're racing against time because you feel like you have the potential to become something now. You do feel like you can break the bank and become who, the best of whoever you are, the top the, the top 1% of whatever class or industry you in. You do feel like you got that potential, but you're racing against time because you got people you're trying to feed and support and people you want to continue to invest in you. Mm-hmm. Right, you know so when you don't succeed, you feel like, damn, like how do people look at me? Like, what's my value in life? You, you feel that you, when you take losses, even though you bounce back because we all here today, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? We kept bouncing back and we made it work to continue to succeed and persevere. But those losses, those rejections, those setbacks, do you do feel that you do take a hit from that. And then you couple that with what's happening in the, in the news and how our mortality is is always in question. Mm-hmm. And what's going on in your own respective community, the tension you may have in your own family, whether you see it coming or not. You have all these other things that are tied to, that are tethered to your success and the good, strong and pertinent choices you make to get there. So when I say that, I ask that question of like, do you ever feel like your success is tied to your like survival or your mortality in some sense? Do you? And like break that, let's continue to break that down. We've been talking about this this whole time, but let's just get right at it. Let's talk right about success aligned with death and that flirtatious game you play in your mind because of the, the system you're in. That's what we was getting at a little bit of being a black man in America. That's what we get at about coming from low income, middle class, lower middle class households. And you have to make gambling decisions about can you make these solid choices in whatever area it is? Because it's not always going to be money related. <clears throat> like, I felt like me becoming a sociologist was dumb. I don't see quarter million, quarter million year sociologists unless they OGO. Yeah. They've written a billion, a billion papers or they was happy to be the right place at the right time due to social nepotism and their race and their gender, a white man. So here I go tiptoeing in this, talking about some real shit for my research. And we're, we have a growing culture, but unless you're working, unless you're working at an Ivy League, which has its own con- conflicts mm-hmm. and politics with that, with being black, and you're already a minority in that space. How much can you really keep it real and make good money keeping it real? There's so many different ways we can do it, but all we see is music, entertainment, sports. Mm-hmm. That's why everybody in Mama's trying to be a rapper or a producer right now because, like, okay, if this song hit, I'm I'm gone. I can make money. I can now be sustainable if I do that in the shortest amount of time. I'm a social sociologist, man. I study history and, and, and social world phenomena, bro. Like it ain't fire like that. No one's like in high demand willing to pay that shit, you know. So it's like, bro, like, is this going to help me take care of my family? I got to figure that out. I got to find other lanes and channels to get there because this level of success, this track of success doesn't feel sustainable to my actual survival. 
my spiritual survival too. Because there's a lot of people out there who are, who are spiritually dead, who are just walking around like zombies, going through their day-to-day every single day, waiting for it to end because yeah, I don't want to be that. Drifters. Oh yeah, I wouldn't the devil. That's a great book. So I, my success to me oh, is sort of aligned to like more mortality. Like if I make good decisions here to protect my own investment of self, self-care, I can avoid the Grim Reaper. I can avoid being in communities I'm not supposed to be in. I can avoid, but I also got to try to sustain generational wealth. How do I do that in sectors that are not necessarily high demand or hot? You know what I'm saying? I can't make a mixtape and next thing you know it's fire over sociology shit. Like that's what I'm saying. Like, like that's what Elijah was saying earlier about damn, like, did I make the right choice about going down this career path? Did I make the right choice going, you know what I'm saying, of what I'm studying? Like, I'm like, damn, like, I want to feel valued in this life, but it doesn't feel like that because the situation, the position I was set in to start put me at a deficit. So I got to climb out of that, break even, and then make profit on it. Right. All in a time in which my, my mortality is always hovering over me because I'm a fucking black man. That's just crazy. It always gets back to race. I like that concept that by break even and trying to make a profit, like that's because we come out of deficit. Yeah, that's, that's really where we hit. I like that. And you have to break even and then and then and then make money. Yeah, I mean, sheesh. I think, but I think that also goes back to like, what's your definition of success? You know, like everybody has a different definition. Like, you know, I know my definition is right. You know, I I like to attach success sometimes to monetary value, for sure. You know, I'm a bougie man. All right, I like nice shit. All right, so I if I got all the nice shit that I want costs a lot of money, so I need to make a lot of money. You know, that's my definition of success. But somebody else's definition is just like, like I just want a job that can, you know, help me retire and. I can take care of my immediate family type shit. Like, you know, you get back to that self, not selfish mindset. That's a, that's a bad word. Um, so self-preservation. Self-preservation type mindset. You know, it's like, you know, worry about here. But mm, that right there, man, is like, I mean, for me, I do, I, I do have that pressure. Like my dad always told me when I was younger, like, you're going to be the one to take care of the whole family. Like, you got, you know, I'm my dad's first son, born son. I'm a junior, you know what I'm saying? So I already get those attached to me already before I even got the womb, like that expectation that I feel like I got to meet now, you know? And it's crazy. That is, don't you think that's crazy? That's the, like the type of pressure we have to have right now. Like as just, I guess, not even going to say kids, but just in general, like, you, like we all like I don't I don't think there's not one person not one person's like you know what I gotta take care of my whole family. It's not like that. I, I I don't feel like it's not. I feel like every I feel like I feel like everybody in our community thinks like that. Like if I make it, if I pop, you know, what I'm I gotta take care of everybody. Versus the mindset you were talking about, where it's like that's already taken care of. So like I'm focused on I I put my energy. And all these other different different realms, and they're fearless. You know what I'm saying? Like shit, like that. Like that's why when people ask me, used to ask me about. I think you said something earlier, Jalen, about going back to race. Was like, um, 
I would say like the difference between the cultures, like a black person and a white person, right? Like, you know, we see the cops, you know, we're, we're always told what? I'll say yes, sir, no, sir, da, 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 right? But then on the opposite culture, it's just like, say what the fuck I want to say. Like, nah, like, you're not going to talk to me. You know what I'm saying? I know the law. Like, you got to talk to me crazy. Like, what's wrong yeah, with you, bro? Yeah. Like, don't let this man talk to you like that. But like, you know, like you said, we had that mortality hanging over us. Like, damn, like. Yeah, I, I think success is uh, intimately tied to purpose for me. And mm, for sure. When I when I think about Les Brown had Les Brown had this speech I I used to always listen to it. Love Les Brown. Yeah, I used to always listen Love to it a couple man. years ago when he said, "There's a man dying on his deathbed, <laughs> and around him are the ghosts mm-hmm. of everything that he was supposed to become." Mm. And it's like, damn. So you see everything that you you thought about that you imagined, right? Because anything that you've imagined, that was God's revealing to you that is possible, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And so everything, everything that you imagine is around you and you see it, man, I could have been a doctor. I could have been an engineer. I could have been an X, Y, Z. I was supposed to be an artist. You see all these different things. And I, was, I came across something the other day and it was like the number one regret of most people is that by the time they die, they realize that they were concerned too much with the opinions of others. Mm-hmm. And so when I'm thinking about like my own success and my purpose, sometimes that can get weighed down because you're thinking, I'm a lawyer, but what if I decide to be an actor? What if like, right, like what like what if like that's something that may be in you know intuitive or internal for me and I'm gonna take that route, but now based on where I am in life based on what people perceive me as I have sort of had to play into this box of this concept. And I remember dealing with that maybe like four or five years ago where it was like people would have this preconceived notion of me. And I'm like, I'm so much more than this, these limitations that you tried to put on me. And then I found myself like fighting. And so it, it made me start understanding because we see artists, we see certain people like, and you'll see them, people will say that they're like self-destructing before our very eyes, which in actuality, it could be them trying to evolve or be something. And they feel like all their fans or everybody that's watching them wants them to be just this one way. We've got trapped in a limitation on what that person is. And so we've confined them to a space when they're trying to escape. So then now they're trapped in their own success. But their success is no longer attached to their purpose because their purpose is to be more than what that is. So even when you think about a Kanye, whatever the situation may be, point of that you, right? Like that's, it's like it's like you you like me when I was this, but it's more to me than just that. I get that you like that. That's said, cool. You know, he was acting. Yeah, like it's like that. That's cool. But like I'm more than that. So 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 when I say so, what I'm saying is, is that when I think about my own personal success and tying it to my purpose and trying to evolve, I oftentimes am wrestling with making sure that I don't I don't get too confined in what somebody, okay, yeah, I, yeah, I do holding companies, do trademarks, I do copyright, so all those things are great. But I'm a, I'm a, I'm a chill ass person too, man. You know what I mean? Like I'm, and that's, I'm humorous. I'm funny. Like don't, I ain't just, you know, so like don't try to do this. Like I, and so. They love doing that to And they love, they love doing that. Oh, you must be, no, bro. Like, no, I'm not, I'm, I'm multi-sized. You know, I'm diverse, you know? And so it's like, you, so I'm fight, I'm fighting against that. So to answer that question, I, I just think that it's like really my success is tied to just becoming like not only that best version, but like whatever, that thing is that I'm, you know, because we when you're in tune, you feel that. 
you feel that. And I have, I know, I, I know a lot of my colleagues, like some that are at firms, or whatever. And it's like, they're doing this as a trade, but it's like, that ain't me though. Right. Like I want, I really, I really want to go over here and become this, but I'm limited to this right now because I have to get out the hole. I got to pay back that student loan debt and go from there. So. Get that on the plane, bro. Yeah. <laughs> Yo, man. Yo, we've been going. We definitely went over in this episode. We went sure. over in this episode. I and love it. I love it, too, man. It's like, I want to continue to go on this, but... Yo, I don't know how we're going to wrap that up, man. I think Porter, man, you... I mean, it's like... Yo, you hit it, man. I don't... I guess the question is... I, I, I agree with you on so many points. That's why I was saying earlier about like, that's why it was a risk in and of itself me sitting here at this table as, as a podcaster and a sociologist because there's no one else doing this. Mm-hmm. The, we talk about this in pre-production. Mm-hmm. You got to show up to work buttoned up. You talk your shit on Instagram and Twitter. Mm-hmm. That's the place where black professionals go. Mm-hmm. We pop our shit on social media. We go out, we find ways to drive gratification, we find ways to exert some of that energy that we have pinned up in us as we're trying to become involved in figures in our own respective lives. And we no longer want to be tethered to this one purpose that once was a purpose. Right. You becoming a lawyer was once a purpose. It's still a purpose. It's still a part of you. That's the part of what you were saying with the Kanye example. He, he is, he will always be a producer first, no matter how much he talks about, you know, I'm a rapper, I'm a rapper, rapper. His production led him there. Right. He will always be a producer first. He still produces, but he knows that he's a rapper. He also knows that he loves fashion. He also knows that he wants to be his, his own man. He also knows he wants to continue to evolve creatively. You have to respect all of those facets of my being and stop falsely attaching psychological disor- disorders to it. Mm-hmm. Give me my space and watch me work. Give me my space and watch me work. And every time I do, that's why people say, oh, I can't wait for Kanye to go in isolation. Because, you know, when he starts cooking, he coming with something. Just let him do that his whole life and watch up all other things he can do when you leave him the fuck alone. And we leave other people alone. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not absolving Kanye, but I've understood many points about him watching documentary. There's some things he's done that's that's foul, that's a little egotistical, that's narcissistic. Yes, cool. But I'm understanding certain points through him because he's he's one of the few black men I've ever seen in my life who's able to express himself on all levels at any given time and still crank out his best. He still he will show he showcases his genius and then he goes off about real shit. That's why people never that's why black people never held it against him when he went on stage. When next to Michael Myers and he was all like, yo, George Bush don't care about black people. He said some real shit for black people. Because we've been waiting for all the black leaders before us to just keep it real. But they cut, they, but they kill those black men. They kill those black men, whoever keep it real. So it, it got niggas like us silent and questioning how we express ourselves and be versatile to get our own true message out. Because God sent us here for a reason. Isn't that crazy how they, they do that though? Like they'll label you crazy or whatever just for expressing how you feel or or even just like exposing the truth. Right. Like, I look at like uh, Louis Farrakhan. Like, I don't know if you ever like watched yeah, him. Of course, like, yeah. like a very, very intelligent brother. Like, and they call him a radical. Like, and I'd be like, <laughs> right. But the thing is, the thing is, like, 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 if you, like, you, like, if you a goof, That's like, if you're right. disrespectful, you clout chasing. We expose that, and we do expose you. Right. But if you keep it real and you authentic and you genuine and you respectful, I'm jealous of that. You respectful. Yeah. You punctual. Yeah. You cordial. He clean too. That man, eighty some years old. 
and seal. Come on, man. It's hair still laid, bro. Hair still laid. The stuff like this, this army, look at his team, look at his wife, man, over 50 years, man. He keep that shit real. He admits yeah. when he's wrong, but he goes back in the lab and he betters himself and he comes back out. Like, it's, like that's what you do. You continuously evolve, bro. Mm -hmm. Shit, like, I mean, even though, I mean, we gotta wrap this up, but there was a part where, uh, y'all seen the Biggie movie a week years ago that came out, right? Mm -hmm. Trash. Right? But there was a part in there. There was a part in there where Derek Luke was playing uh, Puff, whatever. He was playing Puff Daddy. And he kept saying this line whenever Biggie was going through shit. He was all like, what don't break a nigga, make a nigga. Like, he said that like a couple times in the movie. And I was like, that shit real. Like, it may, like you're going to go through adversity, but it's like who you are when you as a man, how you define yourself as a man is when you go through adversity and how you manage that, how you adapt to that, how you rise up to that occasion. And not succumb to it. We have to go against that, against our, you know, imminent mortality because we don't know when our time is going to expire, and against all these other deficits that put us here. The trials with triumph is this topic, yo. And this is this is the seventh. This is the seventh episode. I knew this episode was going to be different. I knew this episode was going to be different, man. But fellas, man, honestly on the table, yo. Honestly on the table like that, yo. Honestly on the table. Man, I would, oh, it was like, I wish this was like three hours. Yeah, we.